All right, time for a little political trivia. 561-8255. Still have a couple of lines open. Uh, prize package includes a free oil change for your car or pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or a Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. A gift certificate from Fit for Life 24, including two free training sessions with a coach. A $100 certificate for tax services at any of the area Kidwell H&R Block offices. A gift certificate from Ironwood Golf Course. A $20 gift card to Gwynny's Goodies Bakery in Aden. A $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner. Mucho Bueno, real Mexican street food located in front of the Westbrook Shopping Center, US 70 West in Havelock. Remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family have won recently, let 60 days pass before you play again. First up from Greenville, it's Betty. Hey, Betty. Hey, Betty. Hi, Tom. Hey, Betty. You ready to play? Uh, ready as I'll ever be. All right. Here's your question. Your category is uh, presidential distinctions. Your question, what interesting distinction do William Henry Harrison, Zachary Taylor, Andrew Johnson and Jimmy Carter all have in common. No other president can lay claim to this. What do you think? um, Well, not farmer because George Washington was a farmer. Oh, God. They were in the Navy. Um, Well, so, well, uh, Carter was in the Navy. Carter was in the Navy. Yeah, Carter was in the Navy. Yeah. Uh, that's not it. I'm sure there's some other president that was in the Navy. <laughs> that's not it, but that's a good guess. 561-8255. Bring that music down just a tad there, uh, Clark. 561 You don't have to get rid of it completely. Just bring it down a little bit. Uh, we got anybody else? 561-8255. Come on, folks. I, I'll if give Benny a, got it. Yeah, let me give a quick hint. All right. Oh, don't give it away Let now. me give a quick hint. All right. It is not that they all are better presidents than Joe Biden. <laughs> because that's every president. That's every oh, president. It couldn't be that one. Five six one eight two five five. What interesting distinction do William Henry Harrison, Zachary Taylor, Andrew Johnson, and Jimmy Carter all have in common? No other president can lay claim to this. Five six one eight two five five. Um, it, uh, Sutton's on the line. Hey Sutton. Hey Sutton. Hey, how y'all doing? Uh, you do- know I ain't never tried. I ain't never tried. Well, give it a shot. What about with the old farmers? They were all farmers. They were all farmers, but so was George Washington. Uh-huh. So, anyway. Well, I did get part of it, right? There you go. Well, you did. All with knowledge, Lord. All right. Thanks, son. Appreciate <laughs> Thank it. You, Good son. to hear from you. 561-8255. Is it time for a hint already? Is it? This is not that hard. 561-8255. All right. Uh, what interesting distinction do William Henry Harrison, Zachary Taylor, Andrew Johnson, Jimmy Carter all have in common? Uh, big teeth it was not it either um, <laughs> no other president can lay claim to this I guess uh, Obama had big teeth too right um, but Jimmy Carter could put a coat hanger in his mouth <laughs> let's go to Linda from Hubert there was an ad about that hey Linda hey turn your turn your radio okay. down and listen over the phone I, I, I did I okay alright okay what do you think you want a hint uh well, that would be lovely. <laughs> Three of these four men did not serve a full four years as president. The only one that served oh, well, a full four years was Jimmy Carter. And that and that had an effect on this distinction. Oh, forget it. For three it. of them. What do you think? Take a guess. That, I thought that it was 
maybe they were all ministers or preachers or something. You know? No, you know, there was somebody else that was a uh, preacher, too, before you did that. But that's, that is not it. I, and Jimmy Carter's sister yeah. was a preacher, but uh, I don't think Jimmy was. Good guess, though. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to Patty. Hey, Patty. Hey, Patty. Hey. What do you think? What is the distinction? A peanut farmer. They're all peanut farmers? That's not it. Good guess. Oh, not okay. it. Five six one eight two five five. Let's uh, that opens the line. Let's go to Paula. Hey Paula. Hey Paula. Hey. Hey. <laughs> what do you think? Do you I think want it's another, time for hint? another hint? Another I hint. I do think okay. it's time for a hint. Yes. All right. Well, I gave you one. Three of these four men did not serve full four years as president. Second hint. Since William Henry Harrison only served thirty-one days as president, it is not surprising that he holds this distinction as a president. What do you think? The shortest term in office. No, because um, Jimmy Carter would have been four years, and there's a lot of other one-term presidents as well. But good guess. 561-8255. Thanks for playing. Let's go to Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey. You ready for another hint, or you think you got it? Um, I may have it. Um, They did not serve two terms. Ah, That's not it, because uh, Donald Trump only served one term. There's plenty of other guys that only serve one term. That's not it. Good guess. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to Ray. Hey Ray. Hello Ray. Okay, I was gonna say one term. So. Uh, not it. Not it. Five six one eight two five five. Good guess though. Uh, the next caller is gonna get another hint. I think five six one eight two five five. Paula is back. You ready for another hint, Paula? I'm ready for another hint. Okay. First hint. Three of these four men did not serve a full four years as president. Since William Henry Harrison only served 31 days as president, it's not surprising that he holds this distinction. Hint number three, it is said that this distinction is related to one of the most important things a president can do. What do you think? They didn't issue any pardons. That's not it. Good guess. <laughs> not it. 561-8255. Let's go to Glenn. Hi, Glenn. Hey, Glenn. Hello, sir. What do you think? Did you hear all the hints? Yeah. I, tell me the last one again, Tom. I missed that. It is said that this distinction is related to one of the most important things a president can do. Mm. Uh, I was going to say they were voted the four worst presidents ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because Joe Biden is in that category. <laughs> right. Well, he's coming oh, along next. All right, thanks, Glenn. Let's go to David. Hey, David. Hey, David. Hey, how you doing? Good. What do you think? I, I didn't catch the last hint because I was calling in. What was that last hint? The last hint is it is said that this distinction is related to one of the most important things a president can do. What do you think? I have no idea. I mean... I have no idea. Uh, I don't even. I don't even. Don't even think I All right. Yet. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to John. Hey John. Hey John. Hey. Hey. How you doing? Good. What do you think? They never vetoed a bill. That's not it. That's Somebody else guess. said that. That's good, good guess. guess. Yeah. Thanks, John. Five six one eight two five five. Who we got? Bonnie. Bonnie is Bonnie on the line. Hey Bonnie. Uh, gone. Oh, Bonnie's gone. Bonnie's gone. Oh well. Hello. <clears throat> Five six one eight two five five. Who we got there, Clark? Just give me somebody, and I'll ask. <laughs> Betty's back. Is this the same Betty? 
Yes. Okay, Betty. Go for it, what do you Betty. think? Um, they didn't appoint anyone to the Supreme Court. That's it. There you go. Congratulations. Oh my God. That is it. None of them had the opportunity to appoint a justice to the Supreme Did Court. Did you Google, Betty? All right. Uh, congratulations, Betty. Hang on the line. Clark's going to get all your information, and uh, Betty, and I'll be right back. This is what's happening. Happening at the border of Ukraine. The most dangerous moment. It's now on Russia. Europe has faced for decades, and we've got to get it right. The lifting of the state mask requirement. The science has changed. The political science has changed. This is all about politics. Come back three, four, five more times today. 75% of Americans say our economy is doing this badly. You need to know through every phase. News and views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back. Yeah, congratulations to Betty Watson of Falkland, North Carolina. She got it right on her second try, but that's all right, Betty. Way to go. Um, Yeah. William Henry Harrison, (laughs) Zachary Taylor, Andrew Johnson, and Jimmy Carter. None of them had the opportunity to appoint a Supreme Court justice. It is Thursday. That means... Representative Keith Kidwell is in the studio with us. Keith, welcome back. Good to have you with us. Uh, The Daily Reflector and other outlets are reporting the State Board of Elections yesterday announced that the filing period will run from uh, 8 a.m. February the 24th through noon on March the 24th. And uh, right now, I guess we're still looking at um, the primary date in May. Is that correct? That's what they're saying now, yes. But uh, obviously, that depends on what the courts do with the final decision on the maps. So, so as you uh, are hearing from leadership up in Raleigh, you're, you're not in Raleigh yet, but obviously with the, the time limitations, when do they have to have the maps submitted by? I believe it's February 18th. We have to have the maps back. The courts are going to have to rule according to BOE by the 24th of February. Uh, if they don't have something as far as maps at that point, the election would have to be pushed out to June. Okay. The primary election. So where does it stand right now? The, the guys are working on it, but, but the actual legislature is not in session yet? We are not in session, but what that does is the committees actually draw the map. So you have the map drawing committees in both the House and the Senate. Uh, my understanding uh, most recently is the Senate has announced that they've come to an uh, agreement in principle on new maps and that they're just working out the details on that with uh, Senator Berger and Senator Blue. Now, somebody had asked me a question, and I thought it was really an insightful question. So let's uh, sooner or later, we're going to get maps approved for this coming election, for the primary and the general election. This coming November, how many uh, Supreme Court justices are up for re-election? Two. Two, Two okay. seats. Um, right now, the Democrats are have a 4-3 majority. Now, the two people that are running for re-election are both Democrats, right? That is correct. So let's say the Republicans win. So suddenly the 4-3 majority flips, and it is a 5-3, a 5-2 majority for the Republicans. Could you, you being the North Carolina Republican legislature, could you re-sue over the maps and take it back to the North Carolina Supreme Court and get the original maps reinstated. Is that a possibility? Well, no. Now, the original maps are permanently enjoined. Okay. So they, they but you can get something never, similar. You, you could redraw to something uh, similar if you chose to. Um, 
but no, those maps have to go into trash, period. They're done. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say the Democrats' mode of operation is sued to your blue, and all laws are there to be challenged in court. So, you know, we, we may see more challenges on this in court. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure we probably will. So, here's what I can tell you. It doesn't matter what the courts do now. The Democrats will continue to sue us. They'll find another loophole. Yeah, but if it, obviously if it goes back to the North Carolina Supreme Court, well, and, they might and sit and down we, and shut up. Then who knows? Yeah, yeah. And we, we, <laughs> There's at that point, I think they'll pretty much figure out they're going to lose. And U.S. Supreme Court just doesn't have a taste for taking up maps. They say it's purely political. Now they did um, support the uh, Alabama maps, but apparently that was because there was a federal judge that ruled against the Alabama maps, and uh, that put it in a federal court's jurisdiction so the supreme court jumped in and said no we're going to allow those maps to stand right so you know at this point we've not gotten anything into federal courts and honestly i think if we could we would probably prevail we being the the republicans because we're abiding strictly by the constitution and how these maps were drawn yeah yeah who were we talking to the other day? We've been interviewing so many people over this. but um, We've interviewed Jim Perry. Um, I guess it was Jim that mm-hmm. had just made the comments that, uh, of course, Jim's over in the Senate. You're in the House. He's on the redistricting committee yeah. in the Senate. Yeah. But he was uh, just talking about how the fact that Phil Berger has got some really, really, really sharp minds working on this. I'm sure Tim Moore is right in there with him. Yeah, the, the people serving on these committees, they've done it before, a lot of them. Uh, of course, we've had to do it, I think, three or four times on the last 10-year redraw, so it gives us lots of experience. <laughs> uh, I, I did make a point, uh, if George Cleveland, Representative Cleveland's listening, that he would probably be the most experienced member of the General Assembly and draw maps because he's been around since Pangea. So. <laughs> Hi, George. <laughs> All right, got to wind it, wind it up for a uh, Thursday. Congratulations again to Betty Watson. And uh, hang in there. Keith. Kidwell continues with his brother Proctor. A little tax talk coming up. Stay with him, and we'll see you again tomorrow at 5. All right, all right, all right. and views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Happening at the border of Ukraine. The most dangerous moment. It's now on Russia. Europe has faced for decades and we've got to get it right. The lifting of the state mask requirement. The science has changed. The political science has changed. This is all about politics. 75% of Americans say our economy is doing badly. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a political trivia Thursday. Presidential distinctions is our category. We'll play in a little bit. Uh, this just broke, and it's just curious. Uh, you've probably heard of this uh, NBA player, Ennis Cantor Freedom, played for the Boston Celtics. He was traded today from the Celtics to the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets immediately turned around and waved him off the team, put on waivers. Um, He is the loudest critic of the Chinese Communist Party in terms of what they're doing to the Uyghurs. 
and uh, very outspoken. I, I, I don't know if there's something else there, but this just seems extremely fishy. That uh, Why would you trade a player for another player only to have the player that you traded to the other team immediately put on waivers? Uh, Benny said, you know, perhaps it's a salary cap, perhaps. Um, but it's, it's just very, very curious. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the economics of the NBA like I do the NFL. As far as the I place. never watch, I I never watch the NBA. I don't either. You know, unless it's, um, I just don't watch. It. I don't watch it at all. <laughs> I don't Playoffs, watch it at all. Uh, it's all stars, nothing. But I, you know, it could be, it could be an issue of salary cap if the NBA has a salary cap or some other trade deal or something. But it's, it's kind of curious because the NBA makes an awful lot of money off of China. Uh, China, you know, bingo. Uh, China's um, like crazy about the NBA basketball for some reason, and uh, you know, yeah. uh, it's it's awful curious. We'll find out more in the coming days, maybe hours. So, uh, what's going on in um, the state, and what's going on in the nation? What do you want to hit first? So let's do the inflation first. <laughs> Not good. The uh, inflation now goes all the way back to, well, where were you? How old were you when the movie E.T. came out? 1982. 40 years ago. That's how, how far back you have to go to get to the inflation rate where we are right now. Mm-hmm. With uh, all the stats that came in today, a year-over-year inflation to a year ago is 7.5%. Now, remember... What the Biden administration told us about six months ago when inflation began to rear its ugly head, which, by the way, all you had to do is look at the money that the government was printing and spending. You knew it was going to come. Well, I mean, you just look at if anyone was building a house uh, or doing any kind of construction or just buying household goods, anything at all. Number one, they were difficult to get. Number two, the prices, prices kept increasing. Lumber's, you know, crazy, crazy expensive. And the Biden said it's transitory, temporary. And and he'll still come out and say this today. Or he said it this week, in fact, that, well, if you want to get inflation under control, you got to pass my Build Back Better plan. You got to print more money. And, <laughs> uh, That's exactly why we're here <laughs> right now. With this inflation rate of 7.5%. The heck anyway. with those macroeconomic principles yeah. of supply and demand. That make that means nothing. That's yeah. meaningless. According to the Labor Department's release accompanying the data, increases in the indexes of food, electricity, and shelter were the largest contributors to the January forecast busting numbers broken down by specific sectors. The CPI showed significant year-over-year increases for energy, 27%. I'm surprised it's not higher than that. Yeah. Used cars and trucks, 40.5%. Gasoline, 40%. The January inflation numbers debunks the White House narrative from last summer that it's temporary, transitory. Yeah, the Fed, they quit using that transitory term when when somebody, well, I guess, wanted them to define uh, how, how long was transitory, and they can't define it. But it, it's it's crazy, and, and I don't see it. Um, if you just look at money flow, just – Look at money flow from the Fed. I, I don't see it no. changing anytime soon. You know, and you do wonder, are they trying to inflate their way out of the debt? 
I do. Uh, I think that's part of it. I also think um, get, I might get a little conspiracy theorist here, but uh, I, I really think they want to break the backs of the 20% of the people. Uh, you know, there, there's there's 40% of people that uh, don't care. Then there's a large percentage that in, inflation is not going to affect them. It's not going to affect the ultra elite, and it's not going to affect really really wealthy people. But the true middle class it will break their backs, and once it does, they'll just ask the government for for anything. And then when the government starts passing out more dollars, they'll the say they're all them. for it. They, they got them, and then they got them. I mean, there's people yeah. now in Washington D.C. said said, "Hey, it's time for another stimulus." <laughs> and and last in last year alone, the stimulus that people would have received, um, I mean, you had you had families of four earning income in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, twenty, twenty five thousand dollars worth of stimulus last year. Yep. I mean, that that's a lot of money. You know, it's like uh, taking a giant pizza pie and cutting it and, and cutting it and cutting it and people say, Well give me my slice and okay, well in order to give everybody a slice we gotta make the pie real, real thin. <laughs> and, and again, the people in Washington that um I I mean most have no idea really what it's like. Uh you know the Greg Murphys in the of the world that's that's truly serving America has been in in uh, a physician his entire life has just got into politics in the last four or five years. I mean he understands what it's like, but when you've got people up there twenty five, thirty, forty, fifty years like our president, like yeah. Nancy Pelosi, never leave the bubble, Chuck Schumer, they have no clue of what it's really like. All right, so much for inflation, and uh, sorry for all you people. And this is your tax increase. You know, I mean, he came out and said, uh, you know, nobody earning under $400,000 would have their taxes raised, period, bingo. Well, you're having it raised. It's called inflation. And for these retirees that didn't that didn't vote uh, Republican last ticket just because they didn't really like the way the president just talked and tweeted and things such as that, I guarantee your retirement plan, unless you are just extremely wealthy, uh, that spreadsheet does yeah. not look at a eight percent inflation rate. Yeah. Uh, if not, you might be greeting at Walmart. Yeah, you're going to be uh, w- whatever you had last year. This time, uh, it's basically ten percent less. So I mean, and you know, and, and you watch Biden will get up there and brag about how people have seen their wages increase. Well, if they've increased by five percent, the inflation has taken half of that back. I, I could write as uh, well. We're taking all of that back. If we have a State of the Union address, if there actually is one, I'm still not convinced there will be one. Supposedly March 1st. There'll be something to happen. But I I can write the speech right now. I can hear hear it talking about the wage increase. and How he solved COVID. The number of jobs that have been added, which is absolutely ridiculous. How he solved COVID. Um, Oh, yeah. Why the hell would I take a test? Because you're nuts. (laughs) Come on, man. Anyway, getting to North Carolina. North Carolina, according to the governor, won't be joining the growing number of states ending the mask mandates for public school students. In a meeting earlier today with county health officials statewide, the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services said the agency is updating its DHHS Strong Schools NC Public Health Toolkit K-12. That is a long title to recommend students and staff no longer be required to stay at home from schooling following a COVID-19 exposure unless they have symptoms or test positive. 
The update takes effect February the 21st. It fails to address the rising public's concern over continued mandatory masking of children in kindergarten through 12th grade. Guidelines in the DHHS toolkit advise that students in North Carolina public schools be required to wear masks up to 10 or 12 hours a day every day if they also have after-school activities. At a minimum, the guidelines mean children as young as five are in masks for six or seven hours each day. Keeping kids in the classroom remain a top priority, DHHS said Cody uh, Kinsley in a press release. As we have done throughout the pandemic, we evaluate which tools are the most effective to protect students. And they're getting in there and they're telling us about how they're following the science. What a load of crap. That that is... I mean, there's no science they can hide behind. It it hasn't existed for ever i mean there's been no science that that is ridiculous and now there's studies out that uh even from the cdc you know they finally done studies uh with their twenty five thousand employees for whatever reason it's taken two years to do anything but north carolina that's what cooper says but guess what california massachusetts and new york are ending their required masks and i don't think california and new york are ending it for the school kids though they're ending it for businesses, but I don't think they're ending it for the school kids. But a bunch of uh, other starting in March, New York, New Jersey, Delaware, and Connecticut masks become optional for students and teachers. Where are you reading that? Uh, the Carolina Journal. Oh, okay. Because um, I have heard that it it well, and I, I guess the business uh, part of it was immediate. So you're saying later in March the in March. kids will be able, okay. You know, I think... um, But here's my question, and I I don't know the answer to this. And by the way, this article just came out in the Carolina Journal that I was reading from and and, uh, Benny just referred to. But I'm assuming that counties can override this... Well, in fact, I know this um, toolkit is a recommendation. It's not legal. It's not legally binding. So the local counties do not have to adhere to this, quote, toolkit. It's... (laughs) Yeah, this this is my guess. The science they will they, they will follow the science probably in about a couple of three weeks when they get some recent polling data, <laughs> when, when they get some political exactly. when they get some political science data and and show that uh, even in North Carolina people have had it with the Democrats and and these masking rules. I bet they will change. I bet they'll change before the end of February. North State Journal referred to a letter that Tim Moore sent to. Cooper yesterday asking, let's end this. Throughout the pandemic, it's been our young children who have paid the heaviest price for the governor's endless state of emergency and ongoing mandates and restrictions, more said in a statement. It's time to end the politics and the policies that have disrupted classrooms and hindered student achievement. The science does not support these erroneous restrictions that continue to harm our children. I urge Cooper to repeal the guidelines that force healthy kids to stay home and effectively mandate masks in school. So the part of his request was answered, uh, as I read earlier, hmm. that if you are exposed, the only reason you would have to stay at home is if you show symptoms or you test positive. But the masks, they're still saying to, to put them on. But again... Uh, this Strong Schools NC Toolkit is not legally enforceable. In January, Interim Secretary of the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services, Cody Kinsley, admitted that the department's K-12 guidelines are not legally enforceable. Mm. So I'm assuming then that all we've talked about earlier this week uh, concerning Pitt County schools in Craven County, I think Johnson County's in there as well. 
uh, Beaufort County have all ended the mask mandate. So I'm assuming that uh, that that will stand firm as this is not a legally binding document. Um, they, they present it as if it is, but it's not. Uh, it is merely a recommendation by the DHHS. And I think for most people, the DHHS in North Carolina has lost its credibility. And mind. <laughs> anyway, so that is uh, the latest on masks. It is interesting, though, and again, I mentioned this yesterday, this, just the mask issue has been a great awakening, and this is the silver lining in all this. It's been a great awakening for um, everyday citizens to wake up, roll up the shirt sleeves, and say, by gosh, I'm going to get involved. I am, I am not going to leave it to these people to be a, dictate, a dictator to me to tell me when I can get up, when I can go to bed, when I can breathe, when I can wear a mask, what I can do, where I can go. And uh, people are sick of it. And uh, you, boy, you see it. Uh, you see it with the convoys. You see it. Uh, and by the way, there is um, now a uh, the Department of Homeland Security came out with a warning today, uh, and uh, giving this to law enforcement and public safety officials across the United States that a quote prolonged trucker convoy could begin on February the 13th, Super Bowl Sunday. The warning says the convoy could severely disrupt transportation, federal government, and law enforcement operations throughout uh, through gridlock and potential counter-protest. Documents obtained by Yahoo News said the DHS has received reports of a convoy truckers planning to potentially block roads in major metropolitan cities in the United States in protest, among other things, vaccine mandates for truck drivers. The DHS alert said the group intends to start in California and uh, make its way all the way to D.C. They're talking about adding truckers along the way. They're talking about having the Canadian truckers join in. Um, Facebook is doing their part. They are censoring uh, information concerning this potential U.S. convoy. You know, the freedom of speech folks are not allowing uh, anything that goes against the woke mentality. You know, bottom line here, though, is anything that anyone does that goes against the woke narrative will be labeled something equivalent to insurrection, just mm-hmm. as they did mm-hmm. up to the Canadian drivers. You watch. We can't have any kind of groundswell from the American people, the populace, that appears to be legitimately in rebellion against the current regime's agenda. And uh, just as the media labeled the truckers in Canada as insurrectionists with their pizza ovens and Plinko tables, get ready for the same here. And, uh, you know, they have certain code words that they overuse to the point that people after a while start to roll their eyes, just as they've used the word insurrection concerning what happened on January (laughs) 6th of last year. Now, anything that goes against the woke narrative is going to be an insurrection. Oh, yeah. Speaking of insurrection... Um, I've been out a couple of days. Did, did you talk about the state board of elections and um, and trying to keep Madison Cawthorn from? I spent a lot of time on that yesterday. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. That but, is that is totally bizarre. I mean, just a, you know, just a, just because his speech. I mean, he talked about you know, uh, you know, fighting fighting for this, fighting for that. You know, every politician. I mean, you, absolutely. You could go through a list of the last twenty five people running for president. You know, talks about fight for our cause, fight for our cause, the good fight, put up a fight. 
And and if the state board of elections jumps in, and you know, I'm not saying I'm a Madison Cawthorn fan or not, um, but this is just ridiculous. Well, they've assigned themselves the duty of uh, judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah, exactly. The, Madison Cawthorn has found been found guilty of nothing, nothing, and yet they are going to come in and take it upon themselves. Based upon was it the Fourteenth Amendment, Section Three, mm-hmm. which was you know insurrection related to uh, the Civil War, <laughs> those people who have been found guilty of insurrection, Madison Cawthorn has not, and, and you know and again as I said yesterday, it goes back to the the same old State Board of Elections deciding that they're a law unto themselves, they can do whatever they darn well please, and nobody should object to it. An- another bureaucratic, unelected, appointed body. Yeah thinking they can take control of something bingo by the way uh the uh convoy in canada uh is now uh, well i just mentioned you know we're looking at one here in the united states there's one in france that's taking place right now and uh also where's the other country parts of france um and austria austria yes and uh, new zealand so we'll see Hey, we've got to take a time out. Stay with us. More news and views for a Thursday coming right up. And now, your update from the games in China. I'm here with an outspoken critic of the Chinese Communist Party. Whoops, where'd he go? I guess he's been disappeared too. And the current medal count. In the downhill suffering, the gold medal goes to the Uyghur Muslim re-education camp occupants. The conversation that counts. There's something very wrong going on. What happens next happens here with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. You know, I have deliberately uh, avoided uh, talking about the Olympics just because I... I mean, I'm not on a major protest, but I just don't have a high level of interest. But, yeah, but the fact that they, so but the, the fact that they put that Uyghur up there as the torchbearer, hmm. I, I tell you, she's got hoots, but <laughs> he does. I've watched uh, very little Olympics, and I used to just, I just loved it. I used to be glued to it. Glued yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, last night, I watched the first five minutes, and. Just because it was well, yeah, the other thing that they have done, and I'll get to the weather in a second. But the other thing that they have done that is, uh, and and is one of the reasons I don't watch it, and they've been doing it for the last ten, twelve years, is you'll be in the middle of an event, and all of a sudden they decide they're going to do some puff side story, and th- they'll leave the event in the middle of the competition. And they'll do some puff side story, and a lot of times, you know, it's it's a politically correct puff side oh, story. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's just like, guys, don't you understand? The people that want to watch sports want to watch sports. They don't want to hear you preach to us. If ESPN could get that, it'd be a marvelous well, thing. Well, one thing about the Olympics, um, I don't know if you saw this in the story, but Mike Tarico, that's the right. uh, commentator, the commentator, he, head. Yeah. he was sent home. Um, I hadn't seen any more stories on this, but he was sent home. And last night during the broadcast, apparently he had made a couple of comments regarding China and some controversies and that type of thing. And all of a sudden, he's not there. I thought he worked for ABC. Um, Of course, a lot of these guys, uh, you know. He was doing the, the, um, you know, whatever, some of the commenting last night when I saw him hmm. there. Which, Which, who did you think he worked for? I thought he worked for ABC. 
What isn't that? Who's doing? Who's NBC's doing, doing the are Olympics? They? Yeah, you know. But I think the Olympics are so you know they got so many things to cover. I actually think they borrow announcers from uh, other hmm. networks. Taking a look at your weather forecast tonight, mostly clear, low around 35. Tomorrow, gorgeous, high 66. Light wind gust, but not too bad. Friday night, clear with low around 43. Saturday, that's the day, a high of around 70 degrees. And uh, Saturday night, there's a chance of rain after 1 a.m. Sunday, a chance of rain and a high of 46. So get out tomorrow and Saturday. Saturday, 71, according to the uh, graph that Clark has up on the site. Oh, from WNCT, but today I'm trying to give you credit, Clark. Don't uh, <laughs> today was a perfect day to me, weather-wise. Perfect. It was great. Should have got out and played a little golf, but uh, some people had to work more this time of year than others. Yeah, if you're in the tax business, <laughs> uh, which is why, if you're wondering where Benny was all week, uh, he's in the tax business. Weather brought to you by our friends at, speaking of golf, at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club, voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. They boast an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, which is in great condition. Full-service dining and outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Stop by, see the newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse. Perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, you can join Ironwood and pay zero initiation fee. Give them a call for more information, 252-752-4653. That's 252-752-4653. Find out what makes us the best of Greenville. Don't forget, when you join Ironwood, you're automatically enrolled as a member in uh, two clubs down towards the beach. Actually, three clubs down towards the beach. One in uh, Beaufort and uh, two down towards Wilmington. So uh, buy, uh, join one, get a total of four. 252-752-4653. We were talking about masks and all that stuff. Really getting mixed messages from uh, Rochelle Walensky, who is the CDC director. Yesterday, she came out and she said, well, you know, the decision on whether to wear masks really needs to be a local decision. (laughs) Then today, the Biden White House comes out and says, our guidance has consistently been this. When you're in a high transmission area, which is everywhere in the country, you should wear a mask indoor settings, including schools, according to Jen Psaki. She also recognized that several Democrat states had lifted masking requirements but urged Americans wearing masks anyway. Certainly, we continue to advise and recommend abiding uh, by public health guidelines, Saki said. So uh, Walensky says, eh, decisions ought to be made local. And Saki says, no, no, you need to put on your masks. And this is why uh, people are uh, pulling their hair out. Was Saki asked about um, <clears throat> why the uh, wannabe governor of Georgia, Stacey Abrams, was not wearing a mask with a bunch of kids around her? Interesting you bring that up. Huh. It's just like I intended that, huh? I have. I, I mean, this is like we rehearsed this. <laughs> I have got for you the, from the Washington Free Beacon, the top 10 most absurd excuses, all from Democrats, caught without mask. It's the without mask scandal. Coming in at number 10, Sam Licardo, mayor of San Jose. He said, I should, when he was caught without a mask, he said, I should have been more astute to the specifics of the regulations. He was busted after hosting a large Thanksgiving dinner party when he had said at the same, right as his dinner party was starting, he tweets out, don't have a large dinner party, stay away from crowds. 
he turns around and has a large dinner party without a mask. <laughs> Coming in at number nine, our favorite governor, Gretchen Whitmer from Michigan. Her excuse was when photographed in East Lansing, Michigan, at a large maskless gathering in violation of her own edict, she said, hey, I am human. Coming in at number eight, Muriel Bowser, mayor of New York, uh, mayor of D.C., I should say, uh, she was accused, um, or I should say she accused right-wing nuts of spreading disinformation after she was photographed without a mask at a wedding. Her mandate included an exemption for actively eating or drinking, which she was not doing at the time. But um, she said, don't be ridiculous. The Washington Post gave her four Pinocchios for her poor spin. Beetlejuice, coming in at number seven, Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago. She said uh, her excuse for not wearing a mask when she was shouting into a bullhorn is, everyone feels traumatized. (laughs) What that has to do with not wearing a mask, I don't know, but that was her... She said, this has been a super hard year and everyone, everyone feels traumatized. London Breed, mayor of San Francisco, her excuse for not wearing a mask in defiance of her own edict. She was photographed dancing at a jazz club without a mask. She said, quote, I got up and started dancing because I was feeling the spirit. (laughs) Feeling the tequila too, probably. Representative Sean Patrick Uh uh, Maloney, a Democrat from New York. I assume he's in the uh, Congress. I'm not really familiar with the guy. Um, he was uh, photographed numerous times with his with his husband, and uh, his spokesperson blamed being maskless, saying it was disappointing homophobia. <laughs> so uh, the fact that he was not having a mask was because of disappointing uh, bigots. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, we're all you know familiar with her excuse uh, when she was. Uh, remember, the edict was shut down That's all the. That's an appropriate question for you. I know, I know, but the, the edict was no hair salons. She was filmed, videotaped actually, and uh, she's getting her hair done in a salon. And her excuse was it was a setup. I take responsibility for falling for a setup. Stacey Abrams, the one you asked about. Her excuse was, this comes in at number three. We're getting to the top three here. This is pretty good for Stacy. Abrams being in front of all these kids, and there's other photographs. There's multiple photographs of her with adults and kids. And, uh, you know, her first excuse was that, well, you know, this, that was just one isolated incident. Real quick, I just took it off real quick. Did I do that? She proceeded to denounce her shameful critics for launching a false political attack during Black History Month. How dare she do this <laughs> to a noble black politician during Black History Month? <laughs> Eric Garcia, um, mayor of Los Angeles. <laughs> his excuse, coming in at number two, his excuse for being photographed without a mask, I was holding my breath during the photos. <laughs> He was celebrating out there in California during when the... Kind of like Bill Clinton I didn't inhale, right? When I put the joint in my mouth. Coming in at number one, though. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez comes in at number one. Republicans are mad at me because they can't date me. Anyway. (laughs) That's that's her excuse for not wearing a mask. I wonder what what Biden administration position will be on... 
you know, can, will you be able to lower your mask and insert your government-issued crack pipe? Will that be okay? I'll circle back on that one. It is, it is uncanny how you keep segueing perfectly into these stories I've got. This is my next story. It's, it's, and we don't rehearse this. We really don't. At, at, <laughs> best we, at best, we speak for about 30 seconds before we go on the air. Although we do share stories, uh, email stories back and forth. Interesting you bring that up. This is another example about the blatant lies. Mm, mm. They've come out again today. They were asked about it again today. You know, the Washington Free Beacon was the one that originally broke this story, that they were handing out these kits, these smoke kits that were designed to uh, help drug addicts. Smoke crack. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> that they were going to be sanitary drug users. Yeah. Now, which is unbelievable, because if you go out there and look at how they're living in, in, in homelessness, you know, living in their, their poop and, uh, you know, living on the side of the street. And, and I, I'm not I, – I don't hear me clearly. I'm not saying every homeless person that's, you know, come upon bad times is in this category. But the homeless drug addicts are living that way. And uh, so they came up with this kit. And, you know, I mean, uh, Saki was asked about this today, and she said, well, you know, it'll include things like lip balm. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> really? gosh. So, but <clears throat> she came out, and she said, no, the kits don't include crack pipes. Well, John Kennedy, last, last night, was on Fox News. He said, well, you know, maybe George Washington couldn't tell a lie, but just about every politician since then has mastered the art. I suspect they're not being candid. You're right. Originally, the administration said they would include crack pipes. Now, Jin Psaki said today, nope, we're going to leave out the crack pipes, but they're still sending out kits, and these drug-smoking kits are designed to facilitate the smoking of crack cocaine and meth. And they say, if you use our kits, it's safer and promotes racial equality. How in the world is, how is this promoting racial equality? I mean, what kind of racist statement is that anyway? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Can you be arrested for having a crack pipe? You know, I think in some places, you used to be able to. I think if there was anything places, in it, I would imagine, yeah. I think in, in, I think I, I remember stories uh, in, in certain parts of the country where drug paraphernalia, such as crap, crap pipes, <laughs> crack pipes, say that ten times real quick, uh, just having it or selling it was uh, was uh, illegal. You know, the fact that Snopes today said that that report was mostly false. Yeah. <laughs> Tells me it's not mostly false. Well, it also tells you that Snopes is mostly false. Oh, yeah, yeah. Snopes is notorious for just being, you know, I mean, they just, when something is the truth, well, that's that's mostly false. But, uh, no, I I mean, I mean, the heck, they've showed this all over the Internet. They've showed those packets. It's got crack pipes in it. You know, I guess the Democrats' position is, you know, well, if you're going to smoke crack laced with fentanyl, at least be sanitary doing it. I mean, I, yeah, I, it's, it's unbelievable. I, I can't, I, I just can't fathom where where the Democrat Party comes off of this stuff and the fact that people can still support this nonsense. The Free Beacon wrote, applicants for the grants are prioritized if they treat a majority of underserved communities, including African-Americans and LGBTQ plus persons, as established under President Joe Biden's executive order on advancing racial, e- racial equality mm-hmm. or racial equity. 
I, 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 I explain that. I, I, I don't get that. How in the world is this? A crack pot provides crack pipes. Biden, the crack pot. <laughs> Let's lighten things up. Let's play political trivia, shall we? Five six one eight two five five. Got a great prize package. Your uh, category: presidential distinctions. Now I tested this on Benny. He got it, so uh, I, I put this in the moderate to easy category. So you might not want to wait. Five six one eight two five five. Presidential distinctions. Political trivia. When we get back. 